Well, welcome to Coffee with Vern, a time where we have intentional conversations about the gospel and we desire to talk about theological truth. Thanks for joining us. We hope you can learn and grow and be fed through this. Boker Tove, everyone. Somebody help me. This is, I mean, uh, we're starting out with if Jesse If they can laughing. hear the conversation before we hit record. Yeah, pre-recording conversations <laughs> are always the best. But Boker Tove, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone. How's everybody doing? Hope you're doing blessed. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um <laughs> Tell me if I ain't like struggling <laughs> for some sleep these days. Hope, Hope you're having you're, a blessed day. Hope you're doing blessed. And you're doing everyone. life well today. There you go. <laughs> we'll start doing saying blessed. that. Yeah. We'll see somebody today. You do, doing blessed? Do blessed, okay? Do blessed. Do blessed. Do blessed. Go go and do blessed. It's <laughs> <laughs> a James proverb. Um, <sighs> but wow. Yeah, it's a day. Uh, time to throw some shade. Uh, you knew it was coming. Oh, and yeah, you, you know, I, t- listen, I, you I and my wife. You. Okay. Yeah. Well, your wife is your wife. I'm your brother. So I'm just going to do it. Um, Allison, thank you for partnering in with the shade casting. Yeah. Um, he says he will edit it out. Whatever, mister. <laughs> I can do these things. All right. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I wore my matching t-shirt with Jesse cause it's, we should. I yeah. bought this shirt for him and I you bought did. mine and it's like, you know, that's what brothers do. Yeah. And it's like, I told him yesterday, man, the people want to see you. Like just sit yeah. over here. Well it, so clearly you're, you're everybody wearing, see what's happened. I'm I'm sitting alone. Look, I could sit over there because the camera is angled on you. So I could technically no, sit. No, we over ain't there. doing this mess. You just <laughs> hush your mouth, mister. I'm behind the camera. He has his matching t shirt on, yeah. but you wouldn't know. Yours is Calvin. Yeah. Which is reformers i know wrong series but it's he's in the puritan documentary yes he is that's so these are t-shirts from the puritan documentary which sidebar i got a funny story we'll talk about yeah. in a minute uh, and yours is who my favorite puritan yes who john bunyan we are talking about today we're talking about today mr bunyan yep and so um definitely they these are the softest shirts i've ever put on my body Softer I, than I, the ones we made. Wow, I disagree. Really? These these are good, okay. but the the Owen shirts these so are soft. thicker. They're thicker. thicker. They're thicker. Yeah. Uh, I wish you were over here, but I've casted my shade, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, That's what Allison said. She, she's like, "Why do you care if you wear your shirt or not? Nobody's going to see you." Oh my gosh, Allison Rose, <laughs> get it, girl. I was like, mm, That's okay. what I'm talking about. Atta girl, <laughs> sis. Proud of you. Um, proud of you. It's but, the spirit of it, okay? Yeah, I understand. I get to see you. I just hate that everybody else can't experience the same. Right. But on another note, we do have an exciting episode. Um, sidebar, I was talking about, I lost the Puritan documentary. Oh, man. I Let's just let all the people know. We this had a, a funny story. We were having a Puritan's pizza party night, and I bought the pizza. I show up. The DVD's not in the box. I'm at Jesse's <laughs> house panicking. I go back, look for 30 minutes, still not yeah. there. Janice, the goose, finds it on Mother's Day. It had got hidden under like a chair or something <laughs> from where I laid it down on my way out the door one time. Anyways, let's get into it. The only way we have to start, though, is by getting another swig. Do, do you have any other Puritan coffee styles? Did you buy any more? Is it just... Oh, bro, these are expensive. I only got perk. one. I'm, I'm trying to work through that, but I do want another one. Mm. They're one pound bag and they're pretty expensive. So with shipping, that's why with shipping, they're like 25 bucks. Mm. They're not expensive. If you don't, it's just the shipping. I don't know why stupid shipping. Um, 
But I do have William Perkins again, the Puritan Perk. Um, I do want to try to get another bag for the last two episodes, though, because it is quality coffee. But you know what? All the people need to know how good it is. So let's go ahead and get a swig. Take my headphones off. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm glad I took my headphones off. I don't know what I'm really tasting, if it's the Smoothie King or the coffee. Horrible combinations going on (laughs) this morning. At least there's not Pop-Tarts. So let's get into it. Hey, we've got Bunyan today. Puritans and Pop-Tarts. I brought the works of John Bunyan. Uh, This was a Christmas gift from one of my dear brethren, Brother Perry. Um, Super thankful for this. This is a great series. Um, if If you fall in love with John Bunyan as Brother Moore has, highly recommend these three. These are really affordable. If you're a, if you're a book guy, you know what I mean by affordable. You can get these for under fifty dollars, all three, uh, if you do enough digging. Um, and they usually are on sale. They're usually hundred dollars, brand new. And so, I mean, you can find them on the right sale. Great series, easy to read too, because the way Bunyan wrote was so that you yes. could read thoroughly through it. Well, it's because of where how he grew up and where yes. he came from. He wasn't super super academic. He was at all. He's the layman's Puritan. Correct. And so highly recommend these. I'm looking forward to cracking into all of them. I have not gotten to crack into every single one of them. Super excited about that. And then over here is the ones that I'm using for today where we're talking about John Owen. So I've kind of passed off John Bunyan to the Bunyan lover uh, more. (laughs) And I'm taking Owen because Owen's my favorite Puritan. Um, But great stuff. I'm using the same book from last week I talked about. But I have the complete works of John Owen and they exceptional. It, it, like the exceptional there's nothing else to say except wow yeah. because john owen and one of the things i'm going to add is he wrote over 80 different works right within from 16 no from the age of 21 to the end of his life he wrote over 80 works yeah and every single one of them obviously there's some that are not going to be as good as others but every single one of them was quality yeah. which that says everything well so william perkins was the well, how did they describe him like the first great theologian the architect of puritanism right yeah. i think they called him the first great english theologian oh yeah i got i'm tracking with you and then owen has the title the greatest english yeah. theologian yeah it's it's amazing it honestly is if you look at these guys um you know and we're not idolizing and elevating them when we talk about this it's no. just it's amazing to see the fruit that came about there with through their right. obedience, right? Honestly, um, and praise be to God in this this stage of life in this time period that we have the works we have because it says a lot that they are still so influential today. Yeah, you know, um, Sinclair Ferguson, who you love because he's Scottish. Um, he, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you know, uh, he talks about John Owen how much he loves John Owen. Um, and any of the, the big theologian guys of today will tell you, John Owen is the one to start with. There's so much. And I, dude, I cannot believe I forgot the book I'm reading by John Owen right now. It is in my office. You know how mad I am? It's okay. (laughs) It's the glory of Christ. It's my favorite one I've even looked at and I've been working through it as a devotional phenomenal stuff. I've referenced it actually on other episodes. So many of you have probably heard of that, but Let's get into it. I'm going to toss. Do you, which one do you want to do first? Well, let's do let's do Owen because he was born first. He's about 22 years old. Yeah. Than now, Bunyan. fun fact. Fun fact. Go ahead. Bunyan and Owen were close friends. Yes, they were. I did not know that. Jesse shared that with me. 
Yeah. Fun fact. Really, and uh, Owen references Bunyan in a very, very good quote. Yeah. That we'll share later. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, I think I actually know which one you're talking about. I read about it in this book, mm-hmm. but I'm going to let you. I'm not going to steal that thunder. But <laughs> sorry. It doesn't matter. I can't steal your thunder. Oh, come on. You know. But John Owen, shall we? Shall we? Let's jump in. A.K.A. deemed the name Prince of Puritans. We talked about the architect of Puritans last week. That'd be our man. Um, Wow, I just had a brain fart. William Perkins. Thank you. (laughs) I wanted to say William Brockle. I'm like, what the heck, James? I'm telling you, y'all, I am struggling. Hold on. I can't go any further. Take some coffee. Hold on. There you go. I made it good today. That's really good. Hey, Jamie, I made it quality today. It's good. Um, shout out. Look at that. I'm giving shout outs today. Who needs wow. a shout out? You I, need a shout well, out. You listen, need a shout out. I'll be giving a shout out later too. So you can just hold your horses. <laughs> oh, me. But John Owen, Prince of Puritans, born 1616 uh, and lived to 1683. Lived a pretty great life, I'd say. Um this is one of my favorite facts about John Owen. When I started studying him back in January, he entered Queens College, yeah. which was the College of Colleges at the time, honestly. It was either Cambridge or... Right. Queens at Queens College or Cambridge. Insane. At the age of 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> 12 years old, people. How many 12-year-olds do you know that you can carry a conversation with? I right. don't know any. Yeah. Sorry if that's a shot at my sixth graders. I love you. But... Um, <laughs> Six or whatever seventh that is, but entered Queens College at the age of twelve and received his master's at nineteen. Yeah, your boy over here is still trying to get that master's. I'll be twenty five in October, so I mean, my man is just working through it. All right, now let's let's talk about how he was able yeah. to do that. This his study habits were quite remarkable, um, insane. I, I mean, I strive for this, but there ain't no way. And, you know, life's just different now. And that's, (laughs) I want to talk about that in a little bit. I do want to bring that up. Try to remind me. Okay. But for several years of his university curriculum, he allowed himself only four hours of sleep per night. All right, now that for my North Greenville folks, that sounds like James Junior year when he was sleeping on the floor. But this for several years. Yeah. Right. I did that for a couple of weeks. It's crazy. All right. And then how did he get to where he was and being able to just get these accolades so quickly? Because during his teen years as a teenager, he studied eighteen to twenty hours a day. Well, I mean, when you enter college at twelve. 18 to 20 hours a day, though, as a 12-year-old I know, or a 13-year-old. I mean, I'm just thinking about James when he was 13, had his bowl cut. He cared about two things, beautiful women and baseball. <laughs> that was it. I can't right? even remember what I was interested in when I was 12. 13, I was in seventh grade. I had braces and a bowl cut, and I was playing baseball and chasing after ladies. Yeah. I was an idiot. Hey, I was an idiot. Look at the camera. I was an idiot. Um, but... From 21 on, so I really after getting out of and receiving his master's from 21 on, I referenced this earlier, he wrote over 80 works. And wow, if you know, if you've read any of his works, you know how remarkable they are. I've skimmed across a ton of them ever since just getting this collection for Christmas. Um, but the one that I'm really working through, I said earlier, is The Glory of Christ, which Sinclair Ferguson recommends as number one. I think Joel Beakey says you need to start with it. So I started there. And I'm working through it, but all of his works are remarkable. All of them. Have you read any of his works yet? I have not. 
They are. I have a lot of books in my wish list. Your wish list is quite my magnum opus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Big. It's uh, big. Hey, Allison, um, no. you're gonna need to help this man. Oh, please. You no. have a child coming. It's not gonna be able. I was about to say it's not gonna be able to come from within this family. Um, <laughs> but it's gonna um, have to come somewhere else. Hey, well, you know we can pray. <laughs> Why not? But he had a, an immense desire to understand truly who Christ was, right? Some of his passions in studying theology, um, the Trinity, he wrote a book called the communion of God, which he emphasizes the fullness of the Trinity and how important it is as a doctrine to understand as a follower of Christ. Right. And I would say today we push the Trinity aside, you know, or we elevate certain aspects of the Trinity, certain right. personages Absolutely. when they're all equal. Yes. Right. Um, and so I'm looking forward to reading through that one. Which sidebar. Yeah. Knowing God, J.I. Packer, uh, he hits on our irresponsibility towards the triune God and talks about the characteristics and how we kind of leave parts out. The Trinity is such an applicable doctrine to the Christian life. Yes. Right? It, it's amazing. That's an episode in itself. Yeah, Save that it for is. season three. Yeah. Right. But. He, he cared immensely about the Trinity. Another thing he cared immensely about, as a lot of the Puritans did, but the holiness of God. Mm. Now, another one, number the third thing that you see a lot in his work is John Owen, after 1642, I would say, and this is, okay, opinion time. Okay. I'm going to say after 1642, because something big happened in 1642, which I'll talk about in just a second. But he understood the deprivation of sin. Uh, yeah, I got you. Are you exactly you, what you're talking you about. going where I'm going? This is where he he found full his full assurance. Bingo. Yeah. Six, so all right, sixteen sixteen is when he was born, right? Sixteen forty two. So after this is after getting through college yeah. and everything. Well, I think you need to state that he was he was born into a Puritan family. Correct. He was. I, we like nowadays. That, yeah. He was like the kid who grew up going to church. He'd be like us. Yeah. You know, like we. This is all we know. Right. Yeah, and so. He knew a head knowledge, if you will, yeah. um, of the things of the Lord. I think where he struggled sometimes was his heart knowledge. Correct. Like if, uh, you know, applying it. I, I feel like a lot of Puritans, their initial seekings was because of assurance. Sure. So Yeah. In 1642, you know, that's when um, he fully gained an understanding of assurance of faith, assurance of salvation. Yeah. That was uh, all of the sources I've read on John Owen at this point that he struggled with personal assurance of yeah. faith until 1642 when, and this is the crazier part. Do you want me to go there? Do it. Okay. It was in hearing a sermon from a guy that he wasn't even going to hear from. He was a fill-in preacher. Yeah, he's a fill-in. And, <laughs> and we don't who, even know his Do you name. know the guy that said, hold on, let me flip to it. <laughs> we don't even know his, his name. His friend, this is what's even funnier to me, though. His friends, like, they expected to hear Edmund Calamy preach, but a substitute was in the pulpit. Er, Owen's friend, how about this? Owen's friend said, you want to leave? We'll go find somebody else. Literally, it says Owen's friend urged him to leave with him to hear a more famous minister some distance away. Yeah, because, okay, so a lot of these Puritans were very intellectual. Yeah. And so this villain preacher, we have no clue what his name was. He was a country villain preacher. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. He's your hick boy Yeah, coming and what, up. And what's funny is he taught on um, Matthew Ye of 8. little faith. Yeah, that is what my 
quiet time was yesterday. Come on with it. God's sovereign. Yeah. And that was Stop. the that was the rebuke Stop it. to the disciples. He rebuked the disciples of their faith before he even addressed yeah, he the storm on the sea. We just got done uh going through a little bit of that on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Which is funny because right before that is how great of faith the three miracles mm-hmm. of great faith. Yes. Oh, dude. Beforehand. The, teaching that was some oh. Yeah, well, that's another. No, I want. Hold on, I got to pump the brakes on the Puritans for a minute. You just brought up God's sovereignty. Yeah, I got to. Guess what I read this morning? What? So yesterday morning, me and the boys we we read Psalm fifty one, mm-hmm. and we're talking about mercy and grace. Mm. Guess what my reading was in my systematic theology this morning? God's <laughs> mercy, God's grace. Yeah, and, and and I'm talking like I'm sitting there going, huh. <laughs> And Joel Beakey, who He'll I'm reading, I'm reading his systematic theology. He's like, you know, most people like to define it as this. And are they wrong? No, but it's more defined as this. And I'm like, okay, God, All right, I'm listening. I hear you. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's one of those where you're reading, you're just like, yes, no, that's, that was, you know, that was me. Fullness. Bro, those those are when when the Lord just drops in a little bit of oh, remember, I'm sorry. Well, the fact oh, that oh, we remember. sat there when we were figuring out <laughs> what puritans to go over, mm-hmm. and I mean honestly, the thought process of planning Bro. between you and I are just like, well, what is interesting to us right now? Like it's not, it's not a lot of planning, and so he was like, <laughs> we're gonna do Perkins and like an intro to yeah, Puritans because he was the first Who's next, and I was like, well, I mean, I want to do Bunyan for sure, and he and James is like. I, well, we got to do Owen, so let's do those And two I just together. pretty much said that because those were our yeah. two favorites. And so then I was like, holy cow, they're friends. And these two homeboys <laughs> are friends. I mean, look at, look at God being God. Yeah, Come funny. on, man. All right. I'm back on the gas back with on the, the Puritans. Yeah, back on track. Let's get it going. All <laughs> this right. might be a long episode. That's no, fine with it's me. It's okay. I'm okay. Yeah. But the, the, here we go. So substitute piz, uh, preacher. Yeah. My my man's like, oh, and you're trying to get up out of here, we go find a more qualified minister. <laughs> right. And this, the substitute preacher chose the text, Why are ye faithful, O ye of little faith? And this is the quote. It says, God used that sermon to bring Owen to assurance of faith. Yeah. <laughs> Later, Owen tried to in tried in vain to learn the identity of the preacher. It's crazy. Right. So you talk about God just doing doing his thing. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Okay, sidebar ap- application. Look. God's going to use who God wants to use. He doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Yes. That. Right. So anyways, I thought that was an amazing little sidebar about Owen. Yes. Um, I just, you, if you study the life of Owen and all of the Puritans, honestly, but just especially the life of Owen, seeing the history of that's what's going on in his life, you see God's hand just moving. Yeah. And everything. It's just, it's awesome. Same with Bunyan. Oh, right, yeah. same with Bunyan. Bunyan's got a very interesting story, which I'm going to save for you over that there. Dude. You know, Bunyan's one of those heartbreakers His for me. Life. Uh, when I read about, uh, there's a book called The Twenty One Servants of Sovereign Joy, I believe, or Sovereign Servants of Joy. It's by John Piper, um, and it is exceptional. But there's a portion on John Bunyan which brought yeah. to honestly has start this whole Puritan love for me. Yeah. But to close out a little bit on John Owen. Um, as I emphasize, oh, well, you, go ahead. Don't say what you're going to say. Don't close because I have some more stuff on Owen yeah. that we need to cover to get ready for Bunyan. Bunyan to prep. No, I was just going to say one of my favorite things about Owen um, is just that immense love to understand the glory of Christ. And yeah. I didn't emphasize that until last because 
John Owen, in everything you read when he is speaking of being in eternity with the Lord or um, the coming of Christ, and even as he was getting ready to die, which I've got to read that quote. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. There was an immense desire to see Christ in fullness. Right. So let me close out with let's talk about how John Owen ended his life. Yeah. Right. So John Owen suffered immensely from asthma and gallstones. Right. Um, but he kept on preaching as much as he could. But even when he couldn't preach because of the pain, he was writing. And so what does that say? That says ministers who are called to ministry, right? Those who are called to ministry, guess what? It's not over till you die, friend, or, or you weren't truly called. Um, so, sorry, there's my, <laughs> so get, get me on my pedestal, man. I'm, uh, all these men that are like, I'm done with ministry. That's one thing I love about our pastor. Got a sidebar. Shout out to Brother Larry. My man said, I ain't retiring from ministry. I'm going to keep on going. And that's exactly what John Owen does. Um, The day before his death, Owen wrote to a friend, I am going to him whom my soul has loved, or rather who has loved me with an everlasting love, which is the whole ground of my consolation. I am leaving the ship of the church in a storm, but whilst the great pilot is in it, the loss of a poor under rower will be inconsiderable. Live and pray and hope and wait patiently and do not despond. The promise stands invincible that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Mm. You talk about a quote. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm telling you, when I read about John Owen, and same with any of the Puritans, but for me, it's John Owen, just like Bunyan for you. I desire to have this all-encompassing understanding and desire to want Jesus more than anything. Yes. It was evident in his life. Well, so. and... and- Honestly, uh, Owen was an important person. That's kind of what I'm going to talk about yeah. before we get to Bunyan, yeah. kind of bridge the gap between them. Um, and the fact that he calls himself a, a poor under rower. Um, he Humility. Under, he understands his place in the story and who the the author and who the pilot is, is what he says. There you go. Um, so even through all his, you know, he's the greatest English theologian, all that stuff, his humility, so, so big. So Yeah, it just says a lot about his character. Yeah. Um, I mean, and there's just so, man, there's so many applications we can apply. That's why right. I told the kids, you know, we are going to, at some point, take a lot of time to just study some church history. Yeah, it's important. It, it is. And we can learn a lot about how to walk right. as believers today. Correct. Well, brother, take it away, because this is something I have not done a lot of studying on that you brought up earlier. Yeah, so we, you guys are going to get a little bonus. You get a little touch of a third Puritan today. Yeah, Oliver <laughs> Oliver Cromwell. So the in. difference between Bunyan and Owen is Bo- um, Owen was very political. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was very much a part of the political world, because uh, for our purposes— Right now, the Puritan history ha- is kind of like in three sections. So William Perkins, like the start of Puritanism yeah. to us, in our opinion, um, they kind of formed themselves. There was n- no persecution to them. They were just kind of getting started. Not at first, no. And so then the English Civil War happened. Yes. Because King Charles I wanted to raise an army to kind of quell a rebellion in Ireland. Uh, and, and King Charles I, obviously pro state church. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The parliament did not want him to raise an army and the parliament 
not. They were very much made up of Puritans. Uh, so they clashed. And of course, they said it was over the rebellion in Ireland, the raising of the army. It was really a, a vie for power, mm-hmm. the Puritans versus the state church. Um, and so, interesting fact, Bunyan, before he was converted, fought for the king. Uh, Owen sided with Parliament. Uh, so anyway... So, that's funny. And they're close friends. Yeah, I, there you go. Um, so... Anyway, Owen, being the theologian, the great preacher that he is, caught the eye of Oliver Cromwell, who led the Parliament Army. Um, Cromwell, also a very prominent political figure, uh, he and Owen became very good friends. He, uh, he asked Owen to accompany him on a military campaign to Ireland, where, uh, I, I don't know the quote exactly, but Owen came back, and he was just burdened for the people of Ireland because they were hungry for the gospel. And he's basically said, why is their only um, source of hearing the gospel kind of like attached to the sword? Yeah. Like, why do they have to get the lion and not the lamb? Mm. And so he convinced parliament to let them put um, congregations in Ireland and stuff like that. Uh, eventually after Charles the first was executed, Oliver Cromwell was uh, put in charge A parliament ruled, and so that is the second phase of Puritans, where Puritan had a rule. Okay. So eventually, Cromwell died. Um, right. He became Lord Protector of England. What a title, Lord Protector. Yeah, because you study Oliver Cromwell in, in, in school history. history. Yeah, yeah, I remember studying him. And so um, very much a Puritan, very a, much a hard-fisted yeah. Puritan. Not a lot of people like him. But he died, um, and Parliament kind of, they lost their edge. They were very afraid of England splitting again. Very much like Queen Elizabeth, she made the compromise. She was afraid of England yeah, splitting. She was Parliament afraid. did the same thing. There was a lot of fear. And so they asked Charles I's son, Charles II, to come rule again, like to reestablish the monarchy. So when that happened, everything just went terrible. Puritans started coming under persecution. I told you the crazy yeah. story beforehand. The royalists dug up. Cromwell's body beheaded him, put his head on a stake out of outside of Westminster Hall. I mean, total persecution. Persecution. So you went this time through this time of um, peace because Puritans were growing. Right. Um, time of ultimate peace just for the Puritans when they were in charge, and now persecution. And so Bunyan mm. was kind of he was growing up in the middle of the uh, Civil War, but before Bunyan. Um, there was a quote. Owen, he tried to not pick sides. Um, but he was Yeah, you can see that yeah. too. It's evident. He was often asked to come preach in the parliament, even when Charles II was in charge. Charles II one time was making fun of Bunyan because he's just he's kind of like that old country preacher. Yeah. And he I'll I'll poor. read the whole thing. He was poor. I'll read the whole thing. Charles II once asked uh, of Owen. Uh, why any intelligent person person should waste time listening to the sermons of an uneducated tinker and Baptist preacher by the name of John Bunyan. His quote, could I possess the tinker's ability for preaching? Please, your majesty, replied Owen. I would gladly re- relinquish all of my learning for his talent of reaching people. So oh, uh, John Bunyan was born in 1628, about 22 years later mm. than Owen. Um, not into a Puritan family. His father was a tinker, which was basically a door-to-door salesman um, and or he tried to fix things, mostly utensils, kitchen utensils. 
He was a tinsmith who could fix kitchen utensils. Um, so that's the way that they tried to earn a living. And so Bunyan tried to do that. That's why he tried to follow his father's footsteps and be a tinker. Um, obviously, he did not like that. And he became very much like William Perkins and that he became a, re- a rebel. Um, he loved cursing. He loved swearing. Rebel child. He loved lying. And he especially loved blaspheming God's name. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. So, you know. Come on, Bunyan. Yeah. The other thing that's very important to note that will come in handy later is that he grew up very much enjoying reading medieval tales of knights, which will make sense. Makes sense to people who know who John Bunyan is previously. Say, I can see that. that will make that sense later sense. when we talk yeah. about what, what comes out of his life. Yep. Um, when he turned 16, it was the height of the English Civil War. And so since he was not converted, he fought for King Charles against John Owen. <laughs> After three years in the army, he was discharged, and he married a God-fearing woman whose name we also don't know. That's the thing yeah, with all this I was going to say, you have no idea who. Yeah. She, brought, she was also poor. She brought two books into their marriage that her father gave her. One was The Plain Man's Pathway to Heaven by Arthur Dent and The Practice of Piety by Lewis Bailey. Now, do you know anything about them? Because I, I do not. Um, I've heard of The Practice of Piety. Yeah, uh, that was if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong, but I thought that was a pretty famous work around that time because Puritan yeah. piety is a big thing. Absolutely. So, um, I'll look it up. He read them. He was a reader. He liked reading, so he read them, and he he became very convicted about his lifestyle, and he reformed his lifestyle on the outside, and he was very proud that he reformed his lifestyle on the outside, but of his own power, right? So he very much thought that God would be proud of him and was pleased with him because he did it. Mm. It it wasn't his understanding, um, wasn't all the way there. It wasn't until he came into contact with a group of women who, his quote, whose joyous conversation about the new birth of Christ deeply impressed him. And in 1651, they introduced him to a pastor named John Gifford, who was instrumental in in his conversion, as was Luther's commentary on Galatians. Yeah. Yeah. So, Which that's one of Luther's most famous works is right. his Galatians commentary. Right. Yeah. So he went to church, <laughs> met a pastor. Um, it, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like your community matters. Oh, right. 100%. So he just, he basically heard a group of women talking about their love for Jesus and their love for his grace and mercy. Mm. And that, that made him go to church. So. Let that be a testament. I was going to say, let that, yeah, <laughs> let that stand as a testimony right there. Yeah. So he was baptized then in 1653. So he was very much a lay leader in the congregation, and he was often asked to tell his testimony. Mm. And a lot of people converted through that testimony because of the way oh, that he talked. Oh, students, are your ears perked? Yeah. It's almost as if I've been saying this for weeks. Right. So after about two years after he's baptized, um, he started preaching, and different congregations in the surrounding villages would ask him to come preach, mm-hmm. not just his testimony. He then found that people would start flocking to hear him. That's what, And that's what John Owen was talking about. He would gladly give up his learning for the way that he touched people's hearts. Yes. So he didn't have a lot of book knowledge in the way that Owen did, but the way that he could just touch people in the way he spoke. He had that. Um, level of where the layman yep. felt comfortable. Yeah, you know, and absolutely. God still does that today. Like mm-hmm. you know, I'm, th- He calls different people for different 
areas and times. It's just, yeah. yeah, amen to that. So then after a while, um, his first wife passed away. Yeah, um, I remember reading about that. And he married a woman named Elizabeth, who was also a very, a very godly woman, and became his, um, became the person who vouched for him and kind of went to bat for him when he was in I was prison. Say, she, she fought for him hard, fought mm-hmm. for him hard. Puritans started coming under persecution. You could not open air preach. Bunny didn't have a congregation; he was a layman. Right, he was just a traveling preacher. Yes, that became illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, they thought that it would lead to uh, rebellion and stuff like that, revolution. They didn't want that. And so Parliament and King Charles II outlawed open-air preaching. Well, that did not sit well with Bunyan, so he kept going. He kept going, he kept preaching, and eventually he was warned that he was he was going to go preach at a friend's house, and he was warned, if you do that, you will be arrested. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, I'm not going to stop. I mean, it's very much like... I just got an email today from Voice of the Martyrs oh, Lord, um, about the churches in China. Those are painful. Um, it, it's very much like that. It very much reminds me of that. And he was like, well, I'm going to keep preaching. Yeah, it reminds me of what's going on in Canada too right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're trying to crack down to where if they even open air preach now in their house. Yeah, that's exactly the same thing. Bunyan knew that he had weaker people of faith and in, in coming to listen to him. And he knew that he needed to be the strong one. So instead of running, he went. He knew he was going to get seized, but for the sake of the weaker Christians, he stayed to show the strength. So, of course, he was he was, he was arrested. In prison, he yeah. was sentenced. To, do you do you know how much? He I don't remember how long he was sentenced, but I know he served like ten or eleven years. Yeah, so he was sentenced to three months. That's it. It's three months. Okay. They offered him freedom if he promised to lo- no longer preach. He of course refused. Spent the next 12 and a half years in prison. That's it, 12 and a half. But that, uh, that wasn't the only time he was imprisoned. Right. So in prison, and this is not like prison as you think about it now, no. there's no light in there, hardly any light at all. No bathrooms. No bathing facilities, nowhere to go to the bathroom. Prisoners often died of typhus. Yeah, rats. Yeah, I mean, so he was there for 12 and a half years, but his time in prison was fruitful and that's when he wrote most of his works. I was going to say, that's when he wrote Pilgrim's Progress. Not that time. Not that time? Not that time. This is when he wrote Christian Behavior, his two okay. most notable ones, Christian Behavior and a defense of the doctrine of justification. That's the one, defense. Mm-hmm. I remember Piper speaking. I knew there was something he wrote that was top tier. Yeah. And for some reason, I thought, when did he write Pilgrim's Progress? So he was released in 1672. Um, they did arrest him again. <laughs> in 1675 for publicly preaching without a license. That is when he wrote the first part of Pilgrim's Progress. Okay, so second imprisonment. Yes. All right. And so he, fun fact about that is he didn't initially write it to be published. Right. Like go back to when he was a kid, he liked reading about knights. Medieval romances were his favorite thing to read about. And so he wrote that in prison as his enjoyment time. Mm-hmm. And then when he got out, he kind of noticed what he had. And he's like, okay, I'm going to follow this a little more. Added more to it, added more characters. And eventually, years later, he added um, the second part about Christian's wife. He spent the last years of his life writing and ministering. He never stopped. He died in 1688 after developing a fever from a cold. He was on his way home. Yeah. and He had been ministering to, I, I think it was, 
he had been helping mediate between a relationship kind of thing. And mm-hmm. uh, he was very much a people family person. Yeah. Um, he had a pastor's heart. Yeah. He was, he was very much a pastor. Yes. That's a good, great way of putting it. And he died after developing a fever yeah, from a cold. Uh, Piper put it that he was on his way home and died one of the most tragic deaths, died alone from yeah. fever yeah. in the cold. In the cold. So Pilgrim's Progress, you know, is my favorite book. Yeah. And if I could tell everyone to read one book, it would be Pilgrim's Progress. Read the Bible right, first, right. obviously. But that'd be the obvious work. thing. Yeah. Pilgrim's Progress, the most widely circulated book outside of the Bible. I was going to say, it's like number two. Yeah. It's crazy. Still, too, like today. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, just that book alone, we could do a whole series about. Yeah. And I, that's, you know, I have to confess on open air, I have not read it. Yeah. And I know that stings you a little yeah. bit. Um, <laughs> and I'm, it's on, it, like, I want to read it. You know, there's so many different versions. Yeah. And that's why I, I've been waiting to find the right one. I, whatever one you read is, I think, the one I want to read. Yes. That one is good. It, it is um, updated a little. It yeah. keeps most of the old English, but it makes it easier than than the original. Right. And I don't know which one is in these. I haven't looked yet. There's one of them in here. I think this is the, I think it's volume two. And I think it's mistaken. the strictly like in old English. If I remember Oh, yours. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, I look forward to reading it. I've heard, you know, you, when you talked about it, how much it did for your walk, that mm, book. Yeah. Um, Bunyan is one of those guys when I hear his story, you know, when I was studying that book from Piper and reading a little bit about him, cause it's short little segments, just enough to kind of give you some history. Um, his story is one as well that's worth striving for, and and the what I mean by that is the way he, his posture to serving the Lord, his yeah. heart posture, which it was like, you're gonna imprison me, okay? Yeah, I'll use my time wisely. You know, it was one of those. Well, while I'm here, let me dedicate my life to the service of the Lord, and you see what took place out of that. Yeah, and it it is it is tragic the way he died, honestly. But what's well, not tragic is the life that he lived, right? Like, for the sake of the glory well, of Christ. Well, see, that's the thing too. He had a man. He had a rough life. If uh, you yeah. really think through his entire he life, suffered immensely. But he never, never let that get to him. In fact, through the hardest of the hardships is where the most fruitfulness of his ministry. Yeah, came out. I mean, we're going to talk about next week. Jonathan Edwards, very similar. He yeah. was one of multiple children. I mean, he suffered immensely. Died from a smallpox vaccination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so, um, like, there is a lot of suffering in these Puritans. Yeah. But what what's amazing is, and it's a concept that so many people miss, but God's glory being seen through suffering, mm-hmm. and God's well, glory being seen through tough times. Well, let's let's just let's put that out there too. Jesus, the suffering servant. If we are to be like Jesus, then we should expect to suffer. I was going to say, in following Christ, you should expect suffering. Yeah, and yet, like, does that sound? Does that sound kind of alarming? And does it place a little bit of ooh? Yeah, I mean, my flesh immediately goes, man. But that's where faith has to ignite, and you have to go. Jesus is greater. Yeah, and that's where the other, the flip side of the Puritans was too. Like they got. Um, delayed gratification. We do not, we are pilgrims mm. in this world. We're passing yeah, through. And that's where there has to be the whole understanding. Future, you're not living for glory. this life. Yeah. And uh, it was funny um, this weekend when I was hanging out with the guys, uh, one of them was talking about one of the, and I'm not going to use any names, but 
we're talking about one of the most famous basketball players um, and how he passed away um, and he had the world, but he lost his soul. Yeah. And it's like, you know, re, I, I'm now after hearing that again, like, you know, you hear that all the time, but then you put it into perspective again, the more you hear something and it was like, do I want to live for this life and lose my soul? Or do I want to live for the one right. that, is, that is eternal right. and the things to come? Yeah. And it's like, you look at the Puritans and one thing they did, they, I mean, they had, as the Puritan documentary says, you haven't watched it, but they say there was many faults and flaws in the Puritans, mm -hmm. but their understandings of Christ far exceeded their faults. Mm. And so with that, um, how we have to look at it is one thing they did understand though, was you're not living for this life. That's right. And I mean, if that's one thing that I can apply from the Puritans, praise God. And it's a hard thing. <laughs> it is a hard thing. <laughs> because oh, yeah. God gives you blessings in this life. He wants you to enjoy this life. But Common grace is a thing. He doesn't want that to trump the future glory. No. And that is, you know, that is one thing living in America has really spoiled us with. It's kind of messed us up. Honestly. Yeah. There's a, a side note. I know we're getting long, but John oh, Piper talks about. There's a video I want to watch. I recommend everybody watching. It's from it's this week's. But one of the questions on Ask John Piper was, why does Africa suffer so much? Mm. And you look at, like, why does China suffer so much? Our believers in China, right? Why isn't that not here? Or is it coming? <laughs> yeah. You said it a minute ago. And I was, I was going to save it. But you said how there was a time of peace. Yeah. And then it came. Yeah. Because parliament compromised mm -hmm. yep what do you see happening now compromise compromise everywhere everywhere so yeah. that's another episode season three so john owen john bunyan perfect pick i mean god's sovereignty like we it's didn't funny but it's for real like i mean yeah i mean i couldn't pick a better pairing because one they were close friends one, yes, they were friends but they cover your whole gamut of what you entire of, of life so like john owen mm -hmm. raised up in church intellectual to the max oh um, yeah very powerful powerful person powerful ministry john bunyan lay leader minister to the people not a preacher pagan child but minister <laughs> yeah went to prison right wow two two phenomenal guys too and i want to have this all-encompassing understanding of the glory of christ like oh, yeah. i want to on my deathbed go smile at the excitement you mm -hmm. know what i mean mm -hmm. there's sorrow in what you're saying goodbye to as far as family in your church there's sorrow in hey i'll see you soon and saying goodbye temporarily right absolutely there, we know that i mean jesus wept over lazarus lazarus yeah lazarus idiot <laughs> lazarus in that though there's also that fullness of but i'm going to be with jesus right I want that. Mm. The Apostle Paul had that. I want that. John Owen had that. And so, yeah, awesome episode. Great stuff. Yeah. Hey, I'm looking forward to next week, though. Two two guys, one of them that I know a whole little bit little about. Bit uh, Jonathan Edwards, I wrote a lot of stuff on in college. I did a paper on him, so I'll bring that in. Um, and then John Flavel, don't know a lot about. Um, I Actually, I'll bring his works with me next week. We'll look at them together next week. Um, I stumbled across his works in a used bookstore and wow. I was like, Hmm, I need these. I've heard they're great. I'll take them. <laughs> and so, um, I'm excited to talk through those, 
But next week, hopefully we'll have a new batch of coffee. Hopefully we'll have some new t-shirts. Who knows? Uh, but we're going to have a great time talking about Jonathan Edwards and John Flavel. Hope you've enjoyed this talk. Uh, we are really enjoying this series. And we look forward to continuing with you next week. But until then, Shabbat Shalom. Go in peace. We'll see you next week.